Well, that, that kind of hush suggests that we're ready to start again. The kids have gone to their awesome activities in kids' church. And, uh, well, you've got me. But uh, we're trusting and praying that God's going to bring us a great message this morning that's going to help us, inspire us, equip us, motivate us, mobilize us, and just express his heart and his purposes among us this morning. If you're a visitor here this morning, you're very welcome. We love to welcome new people, guests, or people who uh, come from time to time. If you don't know me, my name is Steve, part of the leadership team here at Harvest, and uh, it's my privilege to share a message from the Bible with you this morning. So let me start by telling you about somebody. In the mid-60s, 1960s, so quite some years ago, there was a young lady, 22 years old, who had just graduated from the Royal College of Music. And uh, she felt that God was calling her to go to other nations as a missionary. And so she thought, well, I'm going to apply to missionary agencies, say, I feel call of God to be a missionary. Please, will you accept me as a missionary? Send me to um, one of the nations you're working in. And she applied to quite a number of these organizations, and uh, one by one, they all came back rejecting her application. Whether, you know, one said, uh, you don't have the right experience, you can't go and be a missionary. Another said, you don't have the right qualifications, that you can't go and you can't do this. Another said, you're too young, you're only 22, you can't go and do this. What a series of excuses came back to her to say, you know, in, in a number of ways, you are not qualified to go and do this. And so she thought, well, what, what do I do with this? And, uh, and undeterred and encouraged by others, she decided, well, God is calling me to go and be a missionary. So that's what I'm going to do. And she spent virtually all her money on a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. And she arrived in Hong Kong with about $10 left and an oboe and her her luggage. And you know what? Despite the fact that she didn't have the right qualifications or experience or that she was too young, God used that woman powerfully in Hong Kong. Her name is Jackie Pullinger, and she touched the lives of many people. She saw people freed from drug addiction. She saw people lifted out of poverty. She saw areas of the city changed and transformed. She saw people who had been members of gangs set free from that. She saw gang members say, well, if they're going to become a Christian, okay, I'll release them from my gang. She saw people give their lives to Jesus, who seemed like some of the most unlikely candidates even though she didn't have the experience or the age or the qualifications. But God is able to do all of those things when we don't have the qualifications. And I wonder whether there's anyone here, whether you ever feel like, maybe not you know, called to go to Hong Kong, but you feel like here is something that God is calling me to do or that I feel like I should do, but I just don't feel qualified. I don't know enough to do this thing. I don't, or that I'm too young, or that I'm too old. You're either too young or too old. You know, it's, it's never, never kind of feel like I'm just middle-aged enough to do this thing. It kind of goes from either you're too young or then you get to a point where, where you're too old. I think we should embrace middle-aged, no. Um, but I wonder whether you ever feel like, 
that, oh, I'm, I'm too young, or I don't have the experience. Well, today, we are going to consider how, just in the way that God helped Jackie Pullinger, and uh, by his grace, he enabled her to do what he was calling her to do, that that is true for us, that whatever our qualifications, our experience, our youth, or our age, God is able to help us. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at what the Bible says. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come here this morning to be together and to meet with you. And we know, Lord, and we are confident that you have something to impress on our hearts, that you have something to share with us that will change our thinking, that you have something to do among us this morning that will bring release and uh, will help us as individuals and as a church to go with the call of God, to run with the vision of God, to do what you're calling us and asking us to do. And so, Lord, we want to pray that you release the words, but more, Lord God, that you would release the spirit and the power to enable us to respond to your heart this morning. Lord, we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I want to read a couple of verses from the book of Ephesians. And really, this message this morning is following on from what Pastor Clive was sharing uh, last Sunday when he uh, shared a verse from Ephesians chapter 2 that spoke about the grace of God. I want to carry that on this morning. So we're going to read two verses from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. And this is the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of Ephesians, who wrote many of the letters you find in the New Testament and was so pivotal in the start and the expansion of the church. This is him writing about the gospel, the message about what Jesus accomplished on the cross and the implications for us as people. He says, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So there Paul talking about how he preached the gospel by the grace of God. And last week, Pastor Clive shared on, uh, from chapter 2, where Paul spoke about the grace of God being so necessary to become a Christian. Or Clive talked about, about how do you get into heaven. And he said that it's not because of our good works. There's not enough old ladies that you can help across the road. There's not enough kind of money that you can give to good causes. There's not enough altruistic activities that you can undertake. That is good enough to reach God's standard to get into heaven. The only way, the Bible says, is through grace and by faith. And Clive talked about the fact that the way that we enter a relationship with God is through God's grace through God's kindness. And so I think we've got a slide here just um, summarizing this really important principle about God's grace. So the principle is we are saved by grace through faith. That's what Clive was talking about last week and that we find in Ephesians chapter 2. So the only way to be acceptable to God is through God's kindness. Grace is God's undeserved favor, kindness, generosity expressed to us. We cannot earn the, um, the acceptance of God. It has to be given by God graciously. But I think sometimes we can, you know, maybe 
probably we've heard that and we've understood this before, that the only way to become a Christian is through grace. But it's important that we appreciate that grace is not just the starting point. That sometimes it can feel like, well, yes, I, I know that you know, I'm, I'm accepted and I can become a Christian by God's grace, not because of what I do. But then actually, once I've become a Christian, it feels like there's an awful lot of things to do. Have you ever kind of feel, heard that, that? You know, on the one hand, you sort of hear this message about you're, you're accepted and you, you come to know God through grace, not by what you do. But now you become a Christian. You have to go to church every day, maybe twice, go to the prayer meetings, you know, read your Bible, you have to pray, you have to do this. And there can seem like a long list of things. Or you look at it and you just think, well, I, I know that I can look at my life and I know that there are all these issues in my life that might disqualify me from uh, you know, knowing God and being called a Christian and being part of his church and his kingdom. And that kind of grace might seem like grace, God's kindness gets me over the line. But I recognize I can't carry on how, how I've been living. How am I going to change? Um, it, it sort of feels a bit like where you, I don't know whether you've had this experience where you kind of are applying for a job and you work really hard to somehow squeeze and adapt the experience and the skills and the qualifications you have to match this job description or this person spec so that you can get the job. But then what you don't want is to have, you know, sort of been so economical with the truth and engineered situations to get this job, whereas now you find yourself in a job that you can't do, that you might have got it, but it's just like, well, yeah, I've got it, but how do I do it? Does that make sense? A few of us, uh, yes, a few of us have got um, young children who play football, um, at, at Westgate, and um, yesterday they were having this kind of tournament where there was games going on all over the place, and at one point they were a bit short of referees, so uh, John uh, Simmons volunteered, well he kind of volunteered, Antonia said to me and John, do either of you want to referee the game? And so I looked at John immediately, and, uh, and John you know, stepped up and said, right, okay, I'll do that, and then he, he realized he was stood refereeing this game, he didn't have a whistle, he didn't know what, well, he kind of, you know, you know the rules of football, but are we playing offside? You know, how much do we penalize people if they fall over or get knocked over? Where are the actual lines? There seem to be like half a dozen different boundaries on this pitch. It kind of felt like, well, I've got the role and I've got the responsibility, but I don't know how to do it. Have you, have you ever felt like that in the Christian life? It's just like, well, I know that I'm here and that God has forgiven me and accepted me, but how do I do it? And it's important that we understand that grace is not just a starting point. It is the ability to live the life. Or to put it another way, grace is not just the front door to get in, but grace is the, the, the house. Grace is the, the room. Grace, by God's grace and kindness, he not, over, he not only kind of forgives us and allows us to have a relationship, but he enables us to do that. So that, the same Paul who wrote this passage in Ephesians wrote to one of his disciples, Titus, and he says, the grace of God enables us to say no to ungodliness. In other words, God's kindness, God's favor, doesn't just kind of let us in to a relationship with him, but it enables us to be you know, the very best that we can be for God. It enables us to change. It enables us to not just get the job, but to do the job. We can't do it ourselves, but God's undeserved kindness, generosity, favor, towards us, enables us to do that. So it's not just the starting point, and it's not just the, the front door into God's kingdom. And similarly, grace, um, 
grace enables us to uh, not just kind of have a relationship with God in a sort of face-to-face way, but it enables us to have a relationship with God and do the things that God calls us to do. Because you know what? God has got a great call on our life. God has got a great purpose for us. I think we've got another slide that has this key principle and this key concept on it. Where that God has a call, and where God calls, he enables. When we're talking about a calling, we're saying God has a role and responsibility for us in his plan for the world and the church. Yes, yeah, so God accepts us by his grace, but more than that, he calls us, asks us, demands of us that we you know, do the things that he did. He's got a plan for us, and where God calls us, he enables. Just like when God called Jackie Pullinger to go to Hong Kong, she found all the resources that she needed, despite her lack of qualifications. You see, God's the, the grace of God doesn't just help us to make up the deficit for what we don't have. It gives us the resources for what we need to do. And it's a bit like sometimes you might have heard someone talk about the, there's this uh, idea, this word in the Bible of justification. And it means it's about God's forgiveness and our standing with God. And you may well have heard people talk about that justification means it's just as if I never sinned. And that is a really important principle that God, you know, doesn't hold our sins, our wrongdoing against us. But actually, justification is not just just as if I'd never sinned, because it's so much more than that. Because even if we'd never sinned, actually, we wouldn't have any credit or any favor with God. Justification means not just that we are forgiven the wrong things that we did, but actually we are credited with Jesus perfect life. When we relate to God, we relate as somebody with all the positive credit of Jesus. In other words, it's not just enough to have our debts written off. We need some money in the bank. And justification expresses both of those things. And similarly, the grace of God doesn't just deal with the things that would disqualify us from having a relationship with God and from serving him, but it gives us the resources and the qualifications that we need that enable us to serve him. And, and it enables us to do that in a relational kind of way, but also to serve him and fulfill the call of God on our lives. And the Apostle Paul is a great example of that. There are so many reasons why Paul would be disqualified from relating to Jesus. He you know, before he came to know Jesus in a personal way, he was zealously going against and persecuting the church. He was out to, to stop Christianity right from the start. You know, if that doesn't disqualify you from not only being a Christian, but serving God and being an apostle and being like one of the pioneers of the church, then I don't know what does. And yet God was gracious to him, and he didn't hold those things against Paul. He showed grace to him. But more than that, his grace extended to calling Paul to be an apostle. And Paul speaks about this. He recognizes that his, his call to plant churches, to establish people, to preach the gospel came out of the grace of God. It wasn't that God had some talent show and, you know, uh, Jerusalem's most talented or anything like that. Who is going to be the best preacher? It was about God's grace in calling Paul, not about his qualifications or his experience or anything like that. And so Paul speaks about the fact that the call comes to him by grace. But more than that, 
Again, it's like this thing. It's not just that he's got the job, but now what do I do? Paul talks about the fact that God's grace enables him to do it. So there's a a great verse in 1 Corinthians 15. It's going to come up on the, the screen here that expresses that. Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, because of God's favor, I am an apostle. I am a preacher. I am this person that God's made me. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it wasn't me, no, it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And there's Paul saying, I'm an apostle by the grace of God, but not just that, that I'm reliant on God's help and God's favor every time I open my mouth to preach the gospel, every time that I need to go and face this difficult situation, every time I am put in prison or I'm beaten or I'm assaulted or I'm shipwrecked or I'm thrown into the sea, I need God's kindness, God's help, God intervening for me. The grace of God gives me a call, but the grace of God is what releases me and enables me to do it. And that was true of Paul. And you know what? It is true of us as well, because God has got a call for each and every one of us. God has got a great purpose, a great vision, a great heart for each and every one of us here in this room. Not because we are so super amazing, not because we are just the most spiritual person in the room, but because of his grace, because he loves us, he is passionate about us, he is wild about us, and he knows there is nothing so satisfying as doing the will of God and finding your place in God's heart and God's plan. What an awesome privilege it is that we are called to do the things that Jesus did, to represent him. You know, this is God's grace, not just that we are acceptable enough to have a relationship with God, but that we're called to represent him and reflect him to the world. Wow, what a call, what an opportunity. It comes by the grace of God and the ability to do it by the grace of God. So God has a call for each and every one of us. And there are particularities and things that are unique to us, like whether we go to Hong Kong and who we marry and where we live and that workplace. And God has got all of those things in his heart and his plan. But there are also some things that are universal to us to follow Jesus, to worship him, to have a relationship, to live a holy life to preach the gospel, to give, to be a disciple and to make disciples, to be part of his church. There are all these things that are true across the board. You know what? In our church, in this church, we talk about every person being a leader. And, um, and I think sometimes people can bring a lot of baggage to that about what, how they understand what that means. But what we mean is that actually each one of us And it's in the Bible, it's called to be a disciple who makes disciples, who teaches others the things that we have been taught, who can pass on what we have received. And every single one of us, and so some people can look at that and think, oh, I don't feel qualified to be a leader. I'm not experienced enough to do that. I don't know it. I don't have the right qualifications. And the answer is God's grace. I am... Uh, I kind of looked through the New Testament, the, the word grace and how it appears. And it, the, the, the Bible speaks about a number of ways in which the grace of God helps people that we can read about. Um, and this is just some of them. God's grace enables people to testify to what God's done, to do signs and wonders. God's grace enables people to find help when they need it. God's grace enables people to undertake mission. God's grace enables us to help others. Sometimes the hardest thing in the world is to put our own needs and desires and wants aside and to put others first. God's grace helps us to do that. 
Grace helps us to obey, to teach, to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, to build the church, to be generous, even just to you know, not hold on to what we have, but to be generous and to give it away, um, to glorify God despite negative circumstances. There are lots more. The Bible teaches us not just that God's grace is the entry point to his kingdom, but is the thing that helps us serve him and work and fulfill the call of God on our lives. And whatever thing that we look at and think that is so challenging, God's grace helps us. Whether it's things like being a husband and a father, I feel like there are so many ways in which I don't have the right qualifications to be a great husband and a great father. But you know what? God's grace helps me. Whether it is, you know, talking to someone where we don't know what we're going to say, God's grace helps us. You know, I have a, I'm just so blown away day by day on God's grace and undeserved favor upon my life. But there is an important principle when we're looking to God to help us, even when we don't have the right qualifications. And it's just that we access grace by faith. This is a verse from last week, you know, that we are saved by grace through faith. So how do we receive God's grace? It is through faith. It is believing God, that we take God at his word and we leave the results to God. So in terms of grace to fulfill the call of God on our life, whether that's about sharing the gospel, whether that's about generosity, about being obedient in our tithes and our offerings, whether that's about you know, being part of the church, whether that's about doing the things that God has called us to do, we access God's grace to help us and we do that through faith. And I think there is a, a brilliant picture of this in the Old Testament and in the book of Joshua. And right near the start of Joshua in Joshua chapter 3, the, uh, the people of Israel are called to cross the River Jordan to enter into the land that God has promised them. And he, he, uh, you know, he says that he will make a way for them. And so all the people come and they stand at the banks of the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is in flood. And I don't know about you, but I think it might be tempting to stand there and say, right, well, just as soon as God parts the waters, then I'm going to cross. But that's the same sort of mentality. This is, well, just as soon as you've got the right experience, just as soon as you've got the right um, qualifications, just as soon as you're middle-aged enough, then you can do these things that God has called you to do. But what we see happen is, that when the priests step out and their foot touches the water, that's when God stops the water. There is this faith that believes that God is gracious. And as I step out and believe him, he will come through. He will do what he has promised. And I really believe there is something in this sense of relying on God's grace to do the things that God has called is about us stepping out, is about us taking the plunge, is about us believing that God's grace will meet us in the doing and not just before the doing. That God's grace will enable us to have the words that we need in this conversation that we're facing. To, to you know, like Doug and Lily shared that brilliant testimony of they, they gave the... Um, the, the money that would have been needed for a deposit, 
And actually, God provided for them. It wasn't just, well, we'll wait until we've got the deposit, and then a bit more. Actually, it's believing that in the doing, God is gracious, and he helps us, and he meets our needs. And that has been my experience time and time again, whether it's you know, getting up on a stage, not knowing what I'm going to say, whether it's you know, kind of coming to a, a city group and leading a city group and thinking, okay, what's going to go on? Whether it's meeting people and not knowing what, what's going on, but time and time again, God meeting me in those situations and giving me the answers that I need and the resources that, uh, that he has for me. But the grace of God is experienced in the doing. Here's another brilliant verse that speaks about the grace of God. So Paul, this is again from the Apostle Paul, and he speaks in the context where he's talking about finances and being generosity, but the principle is true. He says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency or all that you need in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. It's such a brilliant verse. It doesn't leave much out, does it? God is able to give us the grace we need to do the things he's called us to all the time, in every situation, in every circumstance. God is able. God's grace is sufficient. Let me summarize, and then we're going to pray. When, so here you go, just some kind of Catchy lines to help us get this and understand it. When we step up, God steps in. Yeah, if we take God at his word and say, God is faithful, okay, I'm going to say yes to God and to doing this thing that he's called us to, God will step in and he will help us. When we say yes to God, he says yes to us. Yeah, as we step out and we say, yeah, I'm going to do that, then we will find that God is faithful. When we are willing, God is able. We go when we are called, not when we feel qualified. In other words, you know what? We can do this. Whatever the stirring of God, whatever you feel the call of God on your life is this morning, and maybe I suspect there are some people here who who feel like this kind of tug or that God's asking you to step out in new directions, but you're maybe kind of feeling like, oh, I'm not sure that I can do that. Do you know what I mean? Because it's new, isn't it? I don't have the experience. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm maybe a bit fearful. You know what? You can do it, not because you have the experience, but because God's called you, and where God calls, he enables. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. So whatever God is stirring you, whether it's in the general, about being a disciple who makes disciples, about being a leader, or whether it's in the specific to to do something different or to bring about this change in your life, you know what? If the call of God, you know, we're not just, this is not presumption. This is not just saying, oh, I fancy doing this. And so, well, God, you're going to have to help me. This is about responding to the call of God on your life. And when we do that, we can step out and know that the waters are going to part. We can step out and know that the provision is going to be there. We know that when we step up, God will step in. So I'm going to invite us to respond to that this morning and to stand And we really want to pray that God would help us to respond to this truth, this fundamental principle of how God works and how we work. And, you know, this is not about us just sitting back and seeing what God does, because those people needed to step out, didn't they? They needed to walk. Time and time again, Paul, he needed to open his mouth and bring words forth. But it was believing that as we work, 
that God is at work and doing those things, and it requires something from us. So, Father, I want to thank you for your grace that comes to us through faith and by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I want to pray this morning, Lord God, that you would help us. Lord, where we have been struggling and striving in our own strength, where we feel like we have had to achieve and, and, and Lord, have been failing, Lord God, would you forgive us? And would you enable us to see there is grace for us? Where we're, where we're looking at our, our calendars and our diaries and thinking, oh, I don't know how I can do all of the things that God is asking me to do. Lord, help us to see that we can't do them, but that you are able to do them in us and through us. And Lord, I, I want to pray where there are people, it feels like there are people here who are you know, stood by the side of the pool and just, they know it's kind of feeling like, oh, I know I need to jump, but I just can't jump and, and feel like they're immobilized because of this sense of, I can't do this. Lord, I want to pray that you would minister to their spirits right now. You can do this. If I've called you to do this, you can do this. Whether it's living the Christian life, whether it is changing enough to be the the person that you want to be, whether it is leaving that habit behind, or whether it is about doing and serving God and stepping out in new areas. Lord, would you help us to know where you call, you enable. Lord, so I pray for each and every one of us for a fresh appreciation of your grace, your kindness, your generosity, you coming alongside, you going ahead of, you being with us in all that we face by your grace, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, Lord, we just want to come before you humbly Lord that you you know your your word tells us that that grace comes to the humble and Lord we want to recognize Lord you've done so many good things in us as a church and in so many of us Lord God but we for not one minute believe that we have all that we need in ourselves to do all that you've called us to do Lord God and we say we need you and would you come alongside and would you help us to, to take those steps of faith, knowing that you will meet us in them? Lord, would you bring a release in us and from us by your grace this morning? In Jesus' name.